If someone were to call you a Pharisee, as we basically heard in our gospel, that would not be a compliment at all. There are many negative connotations to the Pharisees that we hear all throughout our Lord's life and his preaching, and Christ routinely preached against them because of their very often holier-than-thou approach of lacking humility, of many times expecting other people to lift heavy burdens and to follow great laws and them not really following it themselves. For the Pharisees, they were all about the outward appearance rather than interior devotion. And today's gospel is a prime example of that. This Pharisee goes to temple to pray and he takes great admiration in the fact that he is not like the rest of humanity. And he mentions all of these vices that, aren't, that are not his. Greed, dishonesty, adultery, etc. And for all we know, he might not struggle with those things. We'll take him at his word. He extols his generosity in, in tithing and his, his fervor in fasting. And again, this is holier than thou to a ridiculous degree. And he even puts down the tax collector as they are. I'm really glad that I'm not like him. And what this sort of sounds like to us, it's almost like the captain of the Titanic saying that his ship is unsinkable. Right? It's got that vibe to it of you know what's going to happen next. Disaster is going to happen. You can almost just tell that this man is sort of setting himself up for a very big fall. Or at the very least, he is completely oblivious to other weaknesses that he might have in his life and in his soul. Look at even his posture. He, he took up his position that's also translated as he stood up and prayed. It implies that he has a very arrogant temperament. He feels that he's on an equal playing field with God, that he can stand face to face with God and look him kind of dead in the eye with a little bit of impunity. And he never even asks God for anything. It's this prayer he prays to himself. He just goes up there to, to give himself adulation and to give him compliments. And he doesn't ask God for anything because he feels that he has everything that he needs. He has everything that he needs to be holy. He feels he is really there just for validation of all of the good things that he does. And he sort of wants an endorsement from God. Contrast that with the tax collector. And even that name, that title, says so much about him. By that title, we know that this man is a sinner. He probably struggles with not cheating people out of money. And we know that he works for the Roman Empire. He probably wasn't very devout. And he wasn't just the fact that he was a sinner. It was he was also reviled by everyone around him. So how does he go to temple? How does he pray? Well, he stands off at a distance. He sees himself as unworthy of heavenly things. He beats his breast, that same gesture we make at the very beginning of Mass when we acknowledge our sins. And he stands, yes, but he stands at a distance. He doesn't feel that he is worthy to approach or to come close to that sanctuary, to the Holy of Holies. He doesn't puff himself up at all. He's not looking for validation. He's not looking for God to give him the thumbs-up endorsement. 
But instead, he asks one thing of God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector's ask is the most humble thing that you or I could ever ask for. We need God's mercy in order to live, brothers and sisters. And because of this tax collector's humility, he went home justified. Not the Pharisee, as Christ said. This man who stood so afar off was actually drawing closer to God than that Pharisee was. He was closer to God than that Pharisee was, even though he stood at a very, at a very far distance. So this parable provides, yes, an example of humility with the tax collector, but also outlines the potential pitfalls of pride. Pride can come from a lot of different places. Either, you know, number one, we think that all the good that we have is from our own merits, that we are the source of all the good in our life. Or we could think that we're just simply better than everyone else. That one's pretty straightforward. Or, that we, or we can think that we could never fall, that salvation is assured for us. We can basically, that, that's an easy presumption that we have salvation. All three of these things were seen in that Pharisee, and each and every one of these things are poisonous attitudes for the believer. And if that is our approach, if we ever exhibit that behavior, then we rightly deserve the title of Pharisee. But hearing that last way we could fall into pride, in particular that, that we could never fall, that salvation is assured for us, it might give us a little bit of pause. Because didn't we sort of hear St. Paul say the same thing? In our second reading, I have competed well, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, I know a crown of righteousness awaits me. Doesn't that seem a little bit arrogant almost? What is the difference between Paul and that Pharisee? Aren't they both bragging, you could say? Aren't they both presuming their salvation? Well, thankfully, no. Because Paul in this second reading distinguishes himself from this Pharisee in a couple of ways. First, Paul knew in writing this letter to Timothy that he was going to be martyred, and martyred very soon. He knew that his life was nearing its end, and so all throughout this letter he is looking back on his life, his conversion, the ups and the downs, the very big roller coaster that St. Paul went through, especially once he became a Christian. And St. Paul was not an arrogant man. He knew that he was a sinner. In fact, in one of his earlier letters, he refers to himself as the foremost of sinners, not someone who thinks he's better than the rest of humanity. Paul never attributes his merits to himself. He attributes them always to God the Father. After all, in St. Paul's words, God is the one who bestows that crown of righteousness. It is his initiative. It is his prerogative. Paul, I would say, has healthy Christian confidence, not arrogance. And there's, there's a difference. St. Basil the Great, I think, described it quite well. He, he wrote these words 1,700 years ago. St. Basil says, it is possible to be honorably elated when our thoughts are not lowly and our mind is lifted towards virtue. We can be elated about that. This loftiness of mind is seen in cheerfulness amid sorrow or a noble dauntlessness in trouble, a contempt of earthly things. 
This differs from that elevation which is engendered of pride. Again, looking through those words, St. Paul had noble dauntlessness in the face of trouble. Again, in the face of his martyrdom, he was undaunted. He had a great hope for what lied beyond that veil because he knew that God would be with him, that God would be working with him because he knew that he was giving his life for Christ. There is nothing arrogant about that. Paul, knowing that God was with him, that he has been with him, is been with him, and will work in his life. Paul has confidence that despite the terrible things that will soon happen to him, that he will have God in his corner. He is in no way presuming his salvation. He's rather hopeful and ready, but also humble at the same time. So brothers and sisters, may we have both the confidence of St. Paul and the humility of that tax collector to be assured of God's presence with us as we lift our eyes to him and approach God with humility, aware of our need for his mercy.